Hello and welcome to episode number 143 of Dude and the Monkey. As always, my name is Ian Loring. I'm steering the ship this week and I am joined by... Uh, Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. Yes. And uh, yeah, so a uh, big show this week. Um, later on, we're going to have... Uh, we're going to be joined by Brad Porter, uh, kind of like uh, industry insider uh, to and ex Eat Sleep Live film Oscar blogger person to uh, talk about the Academy Award nominations. Um, uh, but... The kind of the, I suppose the bulk of the show is going to be a bit of a tribute to uh, David Bowie and Alan Rickman. Uh, so we're going to be doing kind of retro reviews of The Man Who Fell to Earth and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, but I suppose we better plug our shit. Um, yes. So, yeah, we launched a YouTube channel <laughs> last week. Yeah, we, we have. Um, there's, there's, there's so far, there's, there's, there's one video on it uh, that's going to be a, a weekly feature of yourself, isn't there? Yep, Let's Forget Physical, which is a uh, guide to the latest releases on iTunes and like the latest offers on iTunes as well. And uh, Mark's also going to... Have you come up with a name with your, for yours yet? Yes, it's called Look at All My Shit. Oh, it is <laughs> Look at All My Shit, isn't yeah. it? That's right. Uh, uh, which I haven't recorded yet, but well, by the time this is out, it might be up, but it'll be up uh, for the weekend, uh, which essentially um, is... I'll, I'll briefly explain what it is. Um, I've moved house, as you long-time listeners or even short-time listeners will know, uh, but I boxed up my DVDs all um, between, I, I forget how many there is, but there's somewhere between 2,500 and, and, and 4,000 uh, in there. Um, I boxed them all up, and there's about 100 in each box, but I don't know what's in each box, so I quite literally am going to open a box and go through them and just go... Right, well, that's, you know, some of them will be obvious ones to be like, oh, that's the departed, there we go. But the idea is that every so often I will be pulling out one and going, oh, shit, and showing you and saying, look, and it'll either be, this was bought for me, or it will be, I'll give a little reason for my logic of of why I bought it. And also, I can remember, and I, I absolutely can, I can remember the cost of every single DVD I've bought. That's fucked up. Just by looking at it, I can tell you exactly how much it was bought for. So either what... Um, where, I'll be able to tell you where I bought it from, uh, and I'll be able to tell you whether or not I bought it in a um, an offer and how much it cost me. Uh, I, I, for some reason, they all just stick. In. As soon as I see him, I go, oh, I got that from a 5 for 30 from Virgin. Oh, I paid 3 99 for that from Morrison's. Oh, I, it just, it, they all stick in there. So, um, it, it, like I say, I might go through the box and it might just be, a, it might just be, they might be all okay, but they might go through them and go, yeah, there's, I now pronounce you uh, Chuck and Larry in there. And I'll have to explain the logic for why I bought that and things like that. So, but there'll be other, other stuff we'll be doing uh, along along the way as well. Yes, man, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have some uh, some I don't know more news probably next week. Yes, uh, we, we we will. Yeah, we we will be. Oh, I suppose we might as well launch now. We, we are going to be launching a uh, monkey dot com uh, website mm-hmm. um, where the you know you'll be able to get the podcast, you'll be able to get the YouTube channel, uh, and also uh, it's somewhere for me and Ian to put stuff that we want to write. You know, whether or not it, it is film related, or whether or not it is uh, is not film related, it doesn't necessarily have to be because you know it's it's just somewhere that we can put our our stuff out there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know. It should be a lot of fun. It'd be good to uh, actually get um, 
I don't know. Get get ourselves out there, kind of, as a brand, I suppose. Yeah. As, as silly as that fucking sounds, but I I don't know. Just like get it reaching out more than just the podcast. And I mean, the, the kind of like we're also doing the podcast as like a kind of a slightly video feed on YouTube. I I want to look into maybe like doing a Google Hangout, which can then post to YouTube, us actually on camera doing the podcast, and then extract that audio, and then put that up as a podcast. Yeah, I think basically, essentially, what we're what we're doing this year is is we're going to kind of go right. We've we've done this for three and a bit years now, mm-hmm. and um, we've got we, what we think is quite a sort of loyal um, set of listeners that we're very thankful for. Yes, um, and. I think we've just kind of gone. Do you know what? Let's let's kind of just not branch it out a little bit, but let's let, let's look at getting some writing done because we can do this, and let's let's look at this YouTube thing and see if this works. And just really just kind of go right, doing the monkey. It isn't just going to be the podcast. It's going to be these are the things. And you know, fuck it. If they don't work, you know, we'll we'll Never stop mind. doing them. Yeah. But you know. It, it, we're not gonna. We're not gonna commit to. I'm not gonna commit to regularly saying. Look, every Tuesday there'll be a new article from me on blah. It will be as and when. Some weeks I might write two or three things for the site. Some weeks I might never. Might, might, might go two weeks without getting a chance to write. Yeah. It's just gonna be something there for us to kind of go. Do you know what? I fancy writing this. This is this has pissed me off, or I really liked this, or anything like that. And you know, it, like I say, it might not even be film related. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's exactly it, man. Sorry, I was just, um, sorry, forgive me, I was looking at something. Um, yeah, so that that's it. I, it's good, what I was looking at, I was looking at our YouTube analytics, 100% male views so far. Yes! Uh, yes! Which is, uh, yeah, which is... Uh, I don't expected. Know. Yeah, yeah, it is expected, <laughs> isn't it? Um a zero point five percent from New Zealand. I'm guessing that might just be Mike. Uh, uh, yes, if it isn't, then fuck you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, quite. Uh, so yeah, there you go. So um, we don't have a custom URL for YouTube yet because you've got to be on there for at least a month and have at least thirty subscribers. We yeah. have twenty six. Thank you very much to everybody. It YouTube doesn't show you everybody because like if some people choose to keep their thing private, then it stays private. We just get the number, so we can't. We literally can't thank everybody, um, but it is appreciated, and we will um, put a link in the in the show notes and whatnot as well. But uh, to be honest, hopefully, if you just search "dude and a monkey" or look at our Twitter feed or uh, uh, or even Mark and I's Facebook, if you know, if if you can, if you. Facebook friends and whatnot. Feel free to add, like add me at least. I don't know about Mark. He might not. Yeah, add me though. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So you know, we basically will get try getting to add my daughter at some point anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> like that, just a bit of context there. It is constantly asking me, but I think Noel as well. Too, <laughs> Noel, yeah. Uh, to like, like to follow my Mark's daughter on Facebook. I don't even think is, I follow my own daughter on Facebook. It, it's just like. Is there not a, an algorithm on Facebook that says maybe don't suggest thirty-one-year-old men to follow twelve-year-old <laughs> girls on Facebook and also daughters of friends? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's just it mental. It's mental, you know. So there, there you go. Anyway, um, sorry, you still there? Yes, still there. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I mean, let's skip trailers. What we'll do, um. We, to be honest, we've already recorded the bit with Brad, so um, we're, that, that'll probably I'm probably just going to stick that up at the end of this show. Um, so 
you know, we've had the Brad bit. So, well, we've recorded the Brad bit. We don't have an awful lot of time left over. We've got enough time for what we're going to do, but there's not going to be any trailers, not any what we watched. And we'll basically a return to the regularly scheduled programming next week. Yes. Um, so, which one do you want to do first, Mark? Let's do Robin Hood first. Okay, cool. So, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, so, it stars the great Alan Rickman, um, as well as uh, Kevin Costner, Christian Slater, uh, a bunch of people. Some of them speaking in English accents, some of them not at all. Um, and uh, it's directed by Kevin Reynolds. Um, it kind of sees Reynolds and um, Costner almost at like the height of their powers, I suppose. I mean, they, yeah. they went on from this uh, after this to do Waterworld. Giant hit worldwide, even though it's a film... Probably more no- known for its end credit song than the film itself. Mm. Um, it was my first time watching this, and I watched the like two hour thirty five minute extended version. What what version did you watch, Mark? Well, after you said you'd watch that version, I thought, ah, motherfucker, I'm gonna have to watch that version now as well. So I watched that version as well. May I just say, one of the great unexpected f bombs of all time. <laughs> yes. Yes, there is. There is. Uh, you know, if you're listening, thinking, "Hang on a minute," nobody says "fuck" in in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Well, they do in the extended version for no apparent reason. <laughs> yeah, and I was looking on IMDb after it's Christian Slater. I don't want to spoil it, frankly, because it's so unexpected. But Christian Slater ad libbed it, and then they just thought it was funny. Yeah, and they they had to cut it out of the theatrical version, but they just thought, "Fuck it, we'll leave it in for the extended version." And um, it, or the extended version also features Kevin Costner covering uh, covering himself in horse shit, um, yes. so that um, he can kind of pass off as a smelly peasant uh, yeah. in the climax, which is brilliant. Now, right, fuck Kevin Costner, Alan Rickman, because this is for Alan Rickman. Yeah, is the big daddy of this film. He is, and what's what's wonderful about about Rickman in this movie is he turned it down like two or three times and said he didn't want to do it yeah. until they basically said to him, "You can do whatever you want with this character," and he was like, "I don't know, really, I can do whatever I want, and you'll let me do it." Yes, and then that's what he did. He 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 basically took the piss out of the entire film whilst also making the entire film. Mm. It's it, it's. He's so ridiculously good because he's just this... He's this ridiculously evil character that he's choosing to be evil just because, fuck it, why not? And it, it, he's, it, it's a an absolutely wonderful performance that elevates this film into being crazy entertaining. More entertaining than it has <laughs> any right to be. I mean, this is the thing somewhat similar to Hans Gruber in the way that in moments you want to see him win. Yeah. When, like, Hans Gruber, Die Hard, when Ode to Joy plays, when he cracks the safe, you do think good on him. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's great. Well done, Hans. I very much hope you enjoy your 20%. You yeah. know, and, and here, <laughs> I mean, one of the scenes ends with him, like, basically approaching a couple of women and saying, you meet me in my chamber at half ten. You quarter to eleven. Bring a friend. Bring a friend. Yeah. You know, which, which is which is amazing in what is a PG-rated Kevin Costner film. What What's even more amazing is this is a PG-rated Kevin Costner film where the the final kind of big fight takes place as he essentially is trying to rape somebody. Yeah. Yes. Which I, is. I, <laughs> yes. I, it's it is mental. <laughs> 
it's it's crazy. We, you know, people often say about certain films that that film could not be made now. This film could not be made now. Yeah, I mean, does they, the, they I, keep call they keep calling Morgan Freeman the painted man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is. I mean, Morgan Freeman is is one of the be- is like one of the best, like most loyal heroic characters in the film. And, yeah, he's I great. Mean, obviously, like I say, I hadn't seen this before, so my first impressions were, "Holy shit!" The music from the Morgan Greek Creek title logo <laughs> is just the score from this. Yeah, um, which was I don't know. I never knew that. That was crazy. But also, Christian Slater. This feels like it should have been peak Christian Slater. And he basically plays guy who just gets pissed off in the background until the last half hour. Yeah, and it, I don't know. It almost—I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin like they cast him. He started up staging Kevin Costner, and Kevin Costner was like, "Right, you can cut the fuck out of his role." Well, the thing is, it, it was it, it was in that period essentially uh, where. He was doing a lot of work, and he cropped up in some big movies. And like I said, I think maybe it was they were thought if we've got Christian Slater, we've got that that young, slightly younger audience. But yeah, maybe it was. Well, you know, it is he's pulling a little bit too much focus here. So yeah, let, let let's cut a few scenes. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, I mean, like that, that again, reading on IMDb, it does kind of seem like. Costner might have gotten a little bit jealous of what uh, Rickman was doing as well, um, and, and, and it's, to the extent that it, it, it seemed it, I, again it, it might have been cut, cutting some of some of his shit as well. I mean, there is um, there's a scene that again was cut from the theatrical version where Rickman just looks absolutely psychotic uh, while finding out that uh, that old woman's actually his mother. Yeah. And it's just like canted angles and Rickman lo- looking like he's on the edge of having a nervous breakdown. Uh, and it, it's it's glorious. I, I mean, the, the first appearance of Nottingham when he takes off that mask and it's Alan Rickman versus Brian Blessed for 10 seconds. <laughs> yep. Just amazing. And all you want to do, when you're just watching Kevin Costner fucking about in the woods with, with the guys, you just want to get back to Rickman. Yeah. That's that's it. It's it, without without Rickman in it. This this film would have still probably made the same amount of money. It would have still done what it did, but it would have been boring. Yeah, it, it, there's, there's no getting away from it. You know, I, I like Kevin Costner. I'm I'm a, I'm a Kevin Costner fan. I, I find him an enjoyable presence to watch. But let's be honest, he plays Robin Hood. As, as as almost a little bit, I don't know, a, a little bit like 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 he's not quite all there. Like he's got some kind of I, I, he's somewhere on an artistic spectrum that means he has to act like a child for half the time of the movie. I wonder if that's him in the accent. Like maybe like even though after you know they just said to him, look, just fuck it, just do the American accent. Whether there's like ten percent of his acting power is being dedicated to maybe I could still do the accent, maybe I could still do the accent, and it does seem slightly off. I will say I think he's maybe a bit too old for the part. 
Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it does seem like this is designed for a younger man. And you do have that bit where Marion, like, sees him in the waterfall and it's just like Kevin Costner, but... And it's, it's like... This feels like a scene for a late 20s guy, not like an early 40s guy or a late 30s guy. But the, the thing is, maybe I'm saying that because in the last couple of decades, like the average age of our big screen action heroes does seem to be getting lower and lower. And so may, may, maybe it's that. But I don't know. It's it's massive hubris on, on Kevin Costner's part to think that he can play Robin Hood in the first place, I think. Um well, this was this was Costner at the height of his powers. Yeah, totally. This was Costner being able to just greenlight something just because of his name. And, yeah. I mean, fair play. The film is fun. For two and a half hours long, this extended version, I mean, it's fine. It, yeah. it, it doesn't feel overly long at all. But as you say, if Rickman wasn't there just pepping it up every now and then, it does feel like it, it, could, go, it could go really long. I just... You, I don't know. Kevin Costner as an English nobleman who finds companionship in the in the the kind of the borderline homeless men in the forest yeah that's a stretch it is it, it, it is it is yeah um and the thing is I, I'd seen this a couple of times um and, and it was it was it was very much a rewatch um uh, for, for me uh, it was quite sort of, I, was, I was looking forward to sort of rewatching it because I hadn't seen it wow in maybe 25 years, you know, well, maybe not 25 years, it's been 25 years old, uh, but like 20 odd years. Um, so it was quite sort of interesting watching it as, as an adult and you are kind of hit by, holy shit, Rickman does fucking just, just own this movie. Um, Costner wasn't as bad as I remember in, in my brain in being, he, he's perfectly entertaining as it, but like you say, it, it, it's, he is maybe a little bit too old for it and, I think really you can get past the accent thing quite quickly. Um Mary's well, Boston Antonio is, is 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 just is painful to watch at points. It's just yeah, she's not great. I just she's like, not a great actress though. Let's 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 be honest. Yeah, no, sure. I mean like it's it, I don't know, it's no surprise she seemed to kind of disappear in the mid 90s, but I just Kevin Costner like when he's it's the White Cliffs of Dover and you see yeah. him kissing the sand and talking about how much he loves England. <laughs> it, it, I, I just know Kevin Costner. You're you're all American, man. You just yeah. did Field of Dreams. Yeah, you you own a ranch for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, you know. I mean, like I I have enough time for the cost, man. I was really really hoping that Jack Ryan spin-off they were talking about before Jack Ryan came out and died. They were talking about doing a spin-off of his character. That would have been awesome. I would have been all over that. I I I I I I think Comic Cost is great, you know, he's you, know, you can't deny how good some of his movies have been and how entertaining some of his movies have been. Uh but he also every so often throws out a a, a strange one <laughs> as well. Yeah. I I I mean I, good on him for trying it, you know, don't don't yeah. don't get me wrong. But and fuck, I, he's I, him a lot of money. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean just the fact that it's weird, like the guys, his gang, it's like some of them are like Either me lover, you know. Yes, and then they're incredibly got, regional. Yeah, and then you've got other guys who aren't even trying to do an American accent. It's really, it's discombobulating. <laughs> you know, it really is. I, it, I mean, yeah. you know, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, which with a surname like that, English as fuck, 
you know, it just, I don't know, it just, I don't, there's enough, I don't know, cognitive dissonance in this film to just every now and then, just like, what am I watching? <laughs> but, but then Alan Rickman comes in. I mean, like, this film is a four out of five for me. But I think three of those stars, to be fair, are Alan Rickman. I, I, I'd go as far as saying you could probably argue that three and a half of them are. Yeah, yeah sure. But, three but, and a half but, of that, and then half, half a star for Christian Slater's F-bomb. Yeah. And, you know, like you, like you say, Slater, Slater doesn't do much apart from that, really. He just acts really fucking moody. And then when you get the, and you know, like, we're all spoilers out of time. When you get the, we're brothers, you're like, oh, fuck, fuck off. off. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, exactly. I don't, it's just, I know, like, it's, that's, that's, that's the worst. I mean, I mean, fair play, though. You know, it's a film that, you know, in, in an era of, of franchise all the way, it, it's its own self-contained story, you know. Yep. It ends and it's kind of like, if there was a sequel, fine, but if not, fair enough. It tells its own thing. It has its own weird transatlantic world. And, yep. You know, I don't know, it's it, it's a very fun oddity. Yeah, that, that, that's, that is exactly it. it it's, I had a lot more fun with it than I, than I thought I was going to have on a rewatch, to be honest. I, I finished as like, yeah, do you know what? Yeah. I'm all right with that. I enjoyed that. Totally. I watched it, I watched it on, a, on a Sunday afternoon, and that's perfect. I, I watched part of it on a Friday night, part of it on a Saturday night, and by the end of it, I was like, yep, yeah, that's me sated. That's very nice. Good yep. two-and-a-half-hour romp. Why not? You know, would I, would I rather watch Fast 7 than this? Yes. But, you know, in terms of romps these days, would I watch, rather watch Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. But... But if I went to see this in the middle of like like the the third week in April and I went to the cinema to see it on a Sunday morning, I'd get out and go, that's all right, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. It's um, definitely not shit. Great deal of fun. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Okay, cool, man. So uh, let's, um, let's, let's go on to the man who fell to earth, shall we? Yes. Okay, so uh, Nicholas Rogues, uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, starring uh, David Bowie, uh, Candy Clark, and uh, Rip Torn, um, a name that never fails to amuse me. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just a pun in itself. It's, a, oh, it's <laughs> lovely. Um, yeah, so The Man Who Fell to Earth, uh, I, I think a second time watch for me. Yeah, uh, third for me on that one. Hmm, yeah. Um, it's a bit long. It is a bit long, isn't it? I love me, my Bowie. I love yeah. me, my Bowie. And he is the best thing about this. Yeah. It's a bit long. It, it is. It's The thing is, the, the crazy thing about Man of Worth is Bowie's fantastically cast and plays it, plays it fantastic because he doesn't just play it as David Bowie. Hmm. He isn't just going, well, you know, it, it's... About an alien and Ziggy Stardust. I'm it, it, an alien. Hello ex- there. Yeah, you see, the, 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 you know, it, it, he could have just gone and turned up and gone David Bowie, mm. but he doesn't. He, he, he creates this this, this character. Um, it's there, or, or he, he embodies uh, this character that that, that that already existed in in the novel. Um, but like you see, it, it, what uh, Nicholas Roy has, has done. It's an incredibly art house movie. Um, there's a lot of, of that going on. And it, at points you are going, this is really feeling like, like this is two and a half hours long. Yeah, I mean, the, the, issue I, the issue I have with it is that 
the central relationship between Bowie and Clark is not super compelling. I don't really get why he's so infatuated with her. Um, she's cute. Yep. But that's kind of about it, you know. I, I, it, it's um. There's not enough really there to, to hang on. And, you know, towards the, you know, by the end when it's, um, you know, she's older and she's coming back to see him. It, I am a little bit like, I don't, I don't really care. And I get she's, she's old and he's young and it's, but he's an old soul and it's tragic and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I needed the, the kind of the music video type sequence with the, with the gun just to kind of keep me going, I think. Yeah, it, it does. They do kind of add a little bit of pep into there. There is the thing about it is it, it, it does it does lack an element of of story to it, uh, which I think benefits it uh, often as much as it hinders it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely, man, absolutely. It's uh, but oh, there we are. I think she really doesn't want a bath. Okay. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The, the style it's got coming out of its arse, I love the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yes, you know, the beginning is fantastic. Just him kind of like just staggering down that, that hill and, you know, and um, lying down outside that uh, the, the shop. And the way that it, like, time passes with, like, no real... It, it, hint other than like the pe- the makeup on the people. Yeah, you know? it doesn't. The, the the beautiful thing about this movie is it doesn't give a fuck if you are understanding what's going on. Yeah, it is telling its story whether or not you're following it or not at all. And it's it's one of my third watch, and I'll I, I'll be freely honest. I'm still not 100 sure what was actually fucking going on a lot of the time. I just know that I was liking what I was seeing most of the time. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, uh, sorry, man, um, forgive me, I just, we got a, uh, oh, we got a couple of emails, bloody hell. Oh, cool. Sorry, um, not for reading out on your podcast, please. Oh, okay, then. fair enough. Um, the person who sent a thing saying, uh, not for reading out on your podcast, please, I will, uh, I will forward that to uh, Mark, and thank you very much for the, uh, uh, well, actually, you can see it in the Dude and the Monkey thing, but um, yeah, thank you very much for, for, uh, feeding back and whatnot, thank you. Um, but yeah, um, no, I mean, I really like the fact that, you know, the, the, there's the sequence with Rip Torn where the girl's kind of taking the photos and it's the self developed yeah. film. And it's the realization that shit, okay, so it's kind of advanced so far that now the, this world industries has gotten to the place that they're developing all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the, the way that you realize t- time's passing it is not immediately obvious and like you say it doesn't care if anybody's giving up it it, it it doesn't give a fuck if anyone's really following it just wants you to kind of go with it in it in, in, in its kind of way and i mean uh, rogue, rogue was like that a lot i mean like jesus christ have you ever seen um insignificance i've not no oh my god that fucking film it's um like a um albert einstein and marilyn manson and a baseball player um like kind of all meeting up for a night and it it, it just like it, it's just just go with it just go with it i i i i well yeah i'm fucking sold on that one is that the gary Boosie one yeah that's it he plays the baseball player oh why haven't i seen this 
Uh, that right next by the time we next record, there'll be and by what I've been watching will be that movie. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, like it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on that. I think you'll probably quite like it. Um, but it, yeah, I, it, it's just it's all it, like it, it, like you say the narrative. It's just rogue. He just he just does that. He expects you to to just go. Yeah, I mean it's like performance as well. The the way the, the two yeah. characters kind of the personalities kind of be like switch and things. It's um. I mean, it's it, it's 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 fascinating. Um, it's just that this film takes it a bit too long and a bit too and a bit too languid. And even though Bowie, it's this weirdly heartbreaking thing just watching him like move from water to a gin every now and then, and then by the end, it's just bottles all over the place. Yeah, uh, you know, in the last scene. I mean, the the ending is. Oh, I, I love the ending. The conversation he has with Rip Torn and he just puts his head down and the credits roll, you know. it's um, and, and, and I noticed as well the fact that it's not just a static shot there. It was literally like Rogue just had to say, right, David, just put your head down and just stay there for about three minutes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not, like you say, it's not a static shot. It, it's, just, it, it's just there. It's, it, it's, it's, quite, it, it's a remarkable film in many ways. Uh, but like you say, it does get lost in itself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah. I mean, lost in itself, I think, is is a good way of putting it. I, 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 I mean, going back to Candy Clark, I mean, she's she's good. I, I I think when she's like when she's playing younger, she's good. When it's like that kind of slightly innocent, slightly ditzy. Yeah, she's quite spiky in it. She's yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, but the the sense that you know she's pretty damaged, and if she gets a few drinks in her, she might go down a a rocky road. But then by the end, it's. You know where they they kind of padded her and she's got the makeup and whatnot and it's I don't know I I just I don't I I don't get the bloody connection I don't I don't see it I I just I know I said it earlier I don't see why Bowie is into her so much yeah and it doesn't it doesn't sort of the character doesn't even appear to be that into it he just seems to find comfort, I suppose, in her being around, maybe? I don't, I don't know. It's a very strange one. I can understand I can understand why they're not seeing the connection there, absolutely. But, I mean, I don't know. I surprisingly have little to say on this. I, I, I Sorry. I, uh... it, it's, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's, the thing is, it, it's a strange... It's a very strange film. Uh, and it's supposed to be a strange film. It, it, it's made to be a strange film. Uh but it's a strange film in the fact that we're talking about a a film that's that's two now well two hours twenty minutes long, um, but in, in the great scheme of things, and also it's a film that's two hours twenty minutes long about an alien that um, lands in Earth, builds a a, a, um, a business empire with the idea of getting water back to his own planet to save his own planet. While he's on Earth, he's missing his wife and his kids, but he develops sort of standard human um, failures while he's on Earth. That's a, that's a lot that's going on, whilst also the business world you know, eats him alive as well. That's a lot that's going on, yet there isn't a lot that actually goes on in this movie. So it's a, it's a really, really peculiar movie. But it looks fantastic. Yeah. It's got a great atmosphere to it. And maybe part of that atmosphere is the fact that you are watching it going, 
I'm very well aware that this has been on for this long. The first 40 minutes blow by, they fly they, by. They barrel along. It's, yeah. it, it, it's once he's properly gotten with Candy Clark. That it starts to, yeah, that you could that, that, that you could you could lose bits of it. Yeah, and, it, and like he starts finding the, um, he finds like the river area, and then gets Rip Torn involved, and um, mm. it, it, it's kind of going along from there. And it's it, it's a lot of him sat around being depressed and kind of shouting at Candy Clark and shouting at the television and chucking cookies up in the air and stuff. It's <laughs> you know, it, I, I I don't know the the first third fantastic yeah. the middle third okay the last third i could take it or leave it yeah i i i i yeah but um definitely not shit but yeah it, it it's it's one where you have to really want to watch it to watch it is what i'd say yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, I'm 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 glad I watched it again. I do wonder whether I'll ever watch it again. I think I will. You see, I I I bought it off uh, iTunes uh, for five ninety nine. Even though, what I will say is, I do actually have it on um, on Blu Ray, um, but it's a screen copy, uh, and I couldn't bother to dig it out of the box. So I thought five ninety nine. Do you know what? I'm happy with that. I mean, I'll be honest, I torrented it, um, which was one of the last torrents I'll ever do um, because I've been banned from torrenting by my wife. Um, (laughs) uh, A a friend in work got a kind of a legal notice type warning letter type thing. And yeah, it's um, it's it's freaked things out. Um, But uh, with me as well, in fairness, a little bit. But yeah, anyway, um, so. I'm pissed off actually. If I knew it was five ninety nine on iTunes, I wish I'd checked iTunes actually because I probably just would have got it from there. Yeah, I, I was quite happy to pay five ninety nine for that. Yeah, that's a fair price. Um, so yeah, they go. I, I'm. It's definitely not shit because there's there's more to it that's good than not for sure. I just. It. I don't know. It almost feels like you're being sacrilegious or something because you know he he's just passed away and. I watched like, a better Bowie movie this week. Oh, what did you watch? I watched Labyrinth again. Oh, fair enough. Okay. And Labyrinth is, is a fantastic movie. It, it's a, Labyrinth is, is is strange in a different way, it, as in the fact that you have, at the time, one of the biggest pop stars in the world is playing a king of goblins, and he steals a baby, um, and then he dances around with a lot of puppets, which should be terrible and shouldn't work. Mm. Yet it's not. It's magnificent. It's an incredibly entertaining movie. Um, so. Yeah, I, I I still think that, that it, it, it's it's more intoxicating every time uh, Bowie's on screen. Well, I mean, I watched the uh, the Pennebaker um, concert film. Ziggy Stardust, oh, Spiders from Mars. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah, which which was awesome. Um, like I like the way that there's a little bit behind the scenes stuff, but it's kind of like, look, you're just bothered about the music, really, aren't you? So it's essentially just a it's essentially just a concert film with a little bit more, but the, the angle that Pennebaker's at, where it's like, he's like three rows from the front to the mm. side. Yeah. And, 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 you know, every now and then you get shots of the crowd and stuff, but then it's just there for like most of it. And that was awesome. It is. Awesome, uh, awesome, awesome. It is. It's fantastic. I mean, I mean the, the, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, the kind of loss of, of 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 Bowie from a musical sense, you know, we're not a music podcast, but we do talk about music occasionally. It is phenomenal in the fact that 
when you look at his influence, uh, whether or not people like his music or not, if you sort of take every major band um, for the past 40 you know, years, um, they all have some kind of link or would all cite an influence as being David Bowie. And that's, you know, that's taken from people like, um, you know, um, Springsteen. Yeah. Uh, basically said, you know, he was a huge supporter of us. Um, you too. You know, I'm, I'm not saying these are good bands. I'm, I'm saying these are the, 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 the bands that became mega, huge bands. You know, um, Noel Gallagher's, you know, cited him before, uh, has been a, a huge influence. Pearl Jam uh, have cited him. Uh, Nirvana fucking covered uh, Man Who Sold the World um, at uh, MTV Unplugged. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, you, these are all, you know, cultural touchstones uh, of the generations. For fuck's sake, Bowie practically invented the new romantics wave and wasn't even a new romantic. <laughs> It, it, it's, it, it's staggering, you know, and people throughout the 80s, you know, were influenced by him, you know, um, the Smiths were influenced by Bowie, you know, it, it's staggering um, how, you know, much his, his, his um, fingerprint is on the way we look at sort of modern music. Um, and what was always great about him was it, 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 he didn't, he didn't release things to circular, you know, jumping back, you two release an, al- an album every three years because, They'll make money. Boy would only release something if he had something to fucking say or something to do, if it actually made sense. I think Coldplay, um, the guitarist from Coldplay, did a really dickish interview, actually, where he basically said, you know, we approached David Bowie to make a song, to do a, a, a song with us. Um, and, you know, he, he didn't do it because he said to us, you know, well, the, the song isn't that great, really. So I'll give him one thing. Uh, you know, at least he wouldn't put his name to something that he didn't, you know, endorse. It's like, hang on a minute, you're the, you're, you're the guitarist in Coldplay. You're the guitarist in a band that nobody gives a fuck about anybody but Chris Martin. So, seriously, essentially, you're just, you're one of Maroon 5. You're, <laughs> that, that, that is how important you are. Coldplay are the Chris Martin band. Accept it. You might be that bald dickhead who wears a hat. And you're saying the one thing you'll give Bowie will be fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your Coldplay. Nobody cares that doesn't vote conservative about your band. I mean, I you are the to... most waitrose band in the world. Oh, that's very good. Yes, I. The, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I listened to Black Star um, earlier this week, and I don't know. It's mental that somebody that like vital and. And a pretty fucking current, mm. you know, like it is just, it, I don't know, it's just gone, you know. I mean, like, you look at like somebody like Rod Stewart who just puts out any old shit every few years, you know, somebody like, like the, the kind of same era as Bowie, yeah. And and yet, you got Bowie who, with the next day and with Black Star, was still sounding relevant. You know, that's it. it, it that, that goes. That's what I said a minute ago. It, it, he only put stuff out if it made sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's just there's some in mad, mad production on on Black Star. Mm. Um, I, I I I don't know. It, it just it's it's I, I I can't really put it into words, man. It's like it's the one big pop culture 
touchstone death that's really, really, really like gotten to me mm. like, it's... In, in a long time. As a, yeah, I mean, as a as a cultural impact, I think it, it's staggering how much kind of film, art, um, technology, um, and and music has kind of gone. Oh, fuck this 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 guy, this guy made a difference, and, and it's not often you can say that to no. that larger scale. But David Bowie made a fucking difference no, all mean... the time doing it, while also being seemingly being a really nice you know guy yeah no i mean oh god that photo that was like taken two days before he died as well holy shit i mean considering how far gone he must have been and he still be, looked cool as fuck yeah to be able to do that it just it's i don't know it's my, I, I mean it's like lemmy for fuck's sake i mean like he only found they had cancer like two days before he died yeah yeah it just it's um Cancer's a prick. It is, yeah. Um, And I think, you know, with someone like Bowie, we've just kind of got to say thank you. Yeah, totally. Absolutely thank you. And um, I don't know, I mean, like my, uh, I I, I just say briefly, my mum very tangentially knew him in her youth. Um, She, uh, he was shagging one of my mum's housemates uh, for a time. Uh, 40 years ago and uh, apparently really 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 nice guy like like yeah. then you know I, it just it's it's that's weird but i don't know it's it's nice and i mean that's just the, the legacy is left it just you don't see anyone in in the music landscape now still having that kind of effect in 30 40 years like yeah, any, no. like anybody like in his, in his pomp, you know. Well, not his pomp, but in like the seventies when he was doing Ziggy Stardust, and, and you know, and then you know, young Americans and whatnot. And I, there's just nobody around now. I mean, like, do you think Justin Bieber's still going to be relevant thirty, forty years on? No, Justin Bieber won't be relevant in three or four years fucking time. Uh, never mind in that amount of time. You you, you don't get you don't get innovators. It, it, it really in music anymore. You just you don't. It, it, it's a sad fact. Music has become um, disposable. And somebody put a, a, a thing uh, the other day. Those shitty fucking memes that I usually despise. And it was um, it was Bowie. Um, it was Bowie. Um, Stones and Led Zeppelin um, were, were on this were on this thing, um, and it said. Uh, when you paid for music, you got this. When you don't, you get this. And it was Justin Bieber, uh, Nicki Minaj, and and Kanye West. Yeah. And it was like, do you know what? That's what it is. People, as much as people do with, with films nowadays, it, it, it's worse with music. You know, I've got Spotify. I have access to all of this music there. I haven't fucking. I, the last album I bought was the it was a Springsteen one, and it was the um, Ties That Bind thing. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, you know, fuck it. Even if a band that I love came out, you know, bought a new album, I wouldn't buy it. I would just fucking listen to it on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. But I'll go and see them live. Yeah. But there's no fucking way I'm going to see fucking Justin Bieber or anyone like that live. Not because I don't like him, but because I'm not paying 70 quid to watch somebody fucking A, not sing live to fucking mime, and B, for the miming track to be 
fucking auto-tuned? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, music's fucked. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. There are, I'm sure there are great bands out there, but I just can't be fucking bothered to fucking find them. That's why all of my Spotify is just stuff that was released 10 to 30 years ago. Nice. Yeah, my favourite album last year, of last year was a fucking cover album. <laughs> right, I'm going to leave it there because uh, I need to go. Um, yes, and no I, I, I need a pee as well. But, what are you um, covering next week, Ian? Ho Shao Shen's The Assassin. Boom! Forward to this. Yes! Boom! I'm uh, very much looking forward to it, and it'll be back to the normal show kind of format. There's going to be a shitload of what we watch because I'm going to have like two weeks' worth, um, like ev- a film every day, pretty much. So. Um, oh, sweet, nice. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I've got a, a bumper amount as well. Yeah, nice. Um, so we're going to um, go to our conversation with Brad. Uh, I want to say now, Brad was driving at the time. His Skype cut in and out like a motherfucker. I'm going to try and edit it as best I can, but. It's it's a good conversation. You can hear him nice and clearly and whatnot. You know, it's just it's uh, a bit choppy at times. Yeah, but it's it's a good time, I think. And like that, I need a piss so bad it's untrue. So, uh, <laughs> All right, but speak to you soon. Bye bye, guys. Speak to you next week. Bye bye. Right, speak to you soon, bud. Cheers, mate. Bye. Okay, and. We are we are now going to do some uh, awards chat. Sorry, I'm sounding a bit flustered because Brad gets on fucking interrupting me. We're, we're joined by Brad Porter. Say hello, Brad. Hi. And uh, Brad's actually driving at the moment, so I've got no idea how he's Skyping, but maybe let's not ask. But um, So Brad's uh, uh, deemed to join us for some Oscars chat, which he uh, used to do on 35mm Heroes for a few years as well. So it's, uh, you know, it's nice to um, have some continuity there. So... If you, Mark, if you don't mind, I'm just going to kind of kick off with Brad. Generally, yes. what 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 do you like out of ten? What do you rate the the Oscar nominations at this year? Oh yeah, eight. I don't think they were that embarrassing, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, let's let's address the elephant in the room right now. Hashtag Oscars so white. Um, I'm going to say hashtag. The best, like the the films in Best Picture, are all better than Creed and Straight Outta Compton. I wouldn't necessarily say they're all better than Creed. I'd say that they're better than Straight Outta Compton. But Creed, if I was to put it in there, would be the bottom tier of that pack. So it's not like, and you know, lots of worthy films get missed every year. Carol was missed this year, which is more egregious, yes, than um, any of the others. I, I mean, I, I, I believe that this. I mean, obviously, yeah, it sucks. But, you know, to focus on two years in a row where there's been no people of persons of colour nominated for an acting award, when in the, what, 13 years before that has had, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that it's like, I read one tweet that was like, oh, you know, we gave best 12 Years a Slave a Best Picture. It's like saying I have a black friend. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to say it's that, but it's the, every year the Academy say we are trying to diversify. I believe they are. There's been, it's not like it has been decades of lax, lack of nomination for people of colour. You know, other minority, you know, or I'm trying to think of a good way of saying this. I mean, no one's kicking off that Todd Haynes wasn't nominated for Best Director. But um, it comes down to the films, you know, and I think this was a, a, a fuse that was laid down last year and anyone was looking for an excuse to light the match this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go that, on, that. 
that, that that's the absolute thing is um it, it, people were desperate this year to, to to focus on that and like Brad says it, it just the fact that there were no however we're describing it um minorities as they were and you know in the nominations for the sort of the, the reacting awards, they've got oh look, look at this! The Oscars are so white. It's like the point is, sorry, yeah. yes, a little bit, but maybe it's just the fact is, you know, everyone that's nominated there, I haven't seen the Danish Girl yet, but everyone else that's nominated the Best Actor, for instance, there, I think delivers a better performance than than Michael B. Jordan in in Creed. So. And it seems to be that they, that seems to be the one that they're throwing out there and say, well, what about it's, Creed? It's Michael B. Jordan and it's Creed. It's straight out of Compton and Jason E. Mitchell and it's Idris Elba and then lesser Will Smith. But that, that's about it. And the thing is, you're in this danger. I mean, this is, we're going to get it's three white guys talking about this on a podcast. So, you know, there's no win here. But you're looking at. Yeah, the upside. I read a lovely article, another one today by Nathaniel Rogers, who you know, Ian Shen got a lot of shit for last week. He did another article saying that the because the Academy have announced they're going to look into changing things at their governors' meeting next week. Uh, and you know, the Oscar, whenever they're pushed into a corner to react quickly, they always make it worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna get worse. It's better, but it's it, the worst thing that can happen is positive discrimination. And it's yeah. saying, well, this was the best film about people of colour nominated this year, so it deserves a nomination because inclusiveness. It becomes the uh, Oprah Winfrey show version of the Oscars. It's you, you get a car, you get a car, yeah. you get a car. Yeah. And it, it, it's actually worse. That's, that's more um, discriminatory than just admitting that some years the, the, the quality is not there. Now, that's, and that, as, as the tide seems to be turning a little bit, that is the bigger problem. This, it's this, not... this is it, and it, this seems to be masking that conversation that maybe, you know, let's... I mean, the, the, the most culturally significant film with a, a diverse cast of the last couple of years is Fast 7. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, and I mean, it just... If... if oh. I, I don't know, oh. if, if you want to... what? No, go on, go on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or is it? I thought it was Furious Seven. Oh, whatever, it, whatever, it, whatever it was. I mean, like, I, I, I very much like that film, but whatever it is, the, the, the naming conventions that 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 series baffle, uh, continue to baffle me. Um, it, but this, this is the thing. It's, it's not focusing on the fact that Straight Outta Compton is a fairly generic biopic. Creed is, yes, it's very good, and yes, it is the type of film that Oscar usually goes for. It is, but there's also the fact that the list of Best Picture nominees is one of the strongest in a while. And I would like to think that Creed is probably... If Carol was number nine, Creed was probably number ten. But I, I, the thing is... Yeah, there, you're also forgetting Inside Out. Could I think Inside Out was going to be above Creed. Oh, we're gonna shit. Go on yeah, okay, no, it could have been. Could have been. Um, Sicario could have been Creed. above Creed as well, you know? It's not... It's not it's not a massive snub. If if Creed, let's be honest, if Creed was a white guy, nobody would be screaming the fact that it hasn't been nominated for Best Picture. That is that is just what that Hello? is. A fact. Can you hear me, hey, Brad? Yeah, yeah, you're back. Sorry, someone phoned me in the middle of a Skype call, and it, it <laughs> everything up. But, um, 
yeah, yeah, yeah but, and Mark yeah. was just Mark was just saying that no one would be screaming about Creed if it is its lead actor was white. No, and also, as I've said a few times in things with you, Creed is the sixth sequel in a franchise that's seen better days. Yeah, directed by a twenty-nine-year-old upstart. No matter what colour he is, as horrible as that sounds. Of course, yeah. and I know. I mean, BAFTA members and Academy members I've spoken to haven't watched it, but they've said they've nominated for Stallone because they know the character he's playing and they like him. They're not not watching the film because it's about a black lead with a black director. They're not watching it because they don't want to watch another Rocky film. Yeah, and that, that kind of falls a little bit back to what uh, myself and Ian touched upon, I think, in, in the last podcast at some point, uh, where we're saying it, the Oscars a little bit is kind of becoming a it's-his-time thing. Uh, rather yeah, it's than... a gold watch. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's be becoming a little bit, a little bit like that. Um, and I still think Stallone's going to lose the. What to Mark Rylance? Even though he's picking up some momentum, I think it's like Mickey Rourke losing to Sean Penn after winning everything else. Yeah. For the wrestler. Yeah. I, no. Yeah, quite. Will um, lose me. This is fun. <laughs> um, I think he's gone again. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it just it is what it is, isn't it? And it's. This is the thing. I'm sure Brad will join back in a bit. This is the thing that. Oh, there he is. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, I was just saying. I mean, this. Unfortunately, this is the thing that is is overshadowing everything, and no one's at. Re- it doesn't really feel like anyone's actually talking about the actual nominees. Instead, it's the the people who haven't been nominated. It is, and, and you've what, also yeah. got the you've also got a lot of people essentially shouting and jumping around, saying, "Oh, look at me! Look, 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 look over here!" Because I'm outraged. You know, if you were to compile a list of people that would comment on this, Spike Lee would be top of it, and look. Will Smith would be very close to that list. And then what's happening there? Being reactionary, they're talking about going back to ten nominees, they're talking about expanding the acting categories. Which imagine what would happen if they expanded to say seven nominees, and still no people of color got nominated. Oh, can you? Yes. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it, that would be like great. a middle finger that yeah. it's all it's all dangerous and it's treating the symptom not the disease this i mean this is this is and that's exactly my point it's yes the academy is the lightning rod that like it's the the, the big thing that goes to the mainstream is the oscars in in the film business but it's the fact that there needs to be better films for starring a, like diverse cast and people of colour. It just it, it is what it is. That or, that audience is not very well represented in terms of pure quality no. in cinema. Yeah, it's, it's and also it's the outrage, outrage brigade. Let's face it, ninety yeah. of the people getting angry about the Oscars wouldn't give a fuck about the Oscars under normal years. They just get pissed, you know, because they don't, you know, like the films that are not. How many? How many of them actually have, have, have seen Creed? Probably none of them, especially in exactly. The UK. Exactly, uh, um, they're the ones that are shouting the loudest about it, about it, how horrible it is that it wasn't nominated. But look, look, look at it this way: it's yes, there aren't as many women and black filmmakers making the films that are nominated. But I imagine, I bet you anything, if if Room or Brooklyn or uh, a Spotlight or anything was made by a woman or a black man and then they weren't nominated, then they'd be like, okay, well, there's a Best Picture nominee and their director's not nominated. That's weird. Yeah, you know, that's something to get outraged about. But the films aren't that well represented. Both Creed and Straight Outta Compton have one nomination, and with Creed, I guarantee you, it's not to do with race. 
with straight out Compton, there's probably a little bit of it. I'm not going to lie, because, you know, the Academy is a predominantly white members club. But the majority of it is not about the colour of the skin. It's about the music in it, which, yes, is inherent to the race. But I've spoken to many members who haven't watched it because they say, I don't like hip-hop, I don't like rap. Yeah. Uh, but if... Hollywood's not making fil- as many films about minorities and women and all, and all this other stuff that they should be. Uh, and I, I think that I think the Academy probably is homophobic. They like their films about gays or homosexual or transgenders when the monster dies at the end. It explains Brokeback Mountain. It explains Milk. It explains Dallas Buyers Club. Why they embrace Dallas Buyers Club? Why they embrace, um, you know, even Brokeback Mountain to an extent probably didn't win because only one of them dies. <laughs> Danish Girl has what five nominations? The monster dies at the end. Carol is a film that is about two healthy lesbians who are in love by the end, you know? It doesn't surprise me they don't watch it and don't vote for it. Uh, Brad's gone for now. Um, I think maybe it's worth focusing on the positive for a bit, though. Um, Yeah. So, I I mean, best director, I I genuinely think George Miller's going to do it. Um. I think I think you could be right based on the fact that uh, an artist who got it last year, and I don't think they'll give him it two years running. Yes, there's that coupled with the you know this is probably going to be the only time George Miller gets nominated for best director before he dies. So yeah. let's do it. I will say it's interesting. I did my bets last week, and already Bet Three Six Five are offering to pay me more than I bet if I cash out now. Really? Yeah. Um. I I only bet three quid. I'd already get four fifty back. Um, for the sake of one fifty, I'd keep that betting because you might get a bit more out of that. I got Um, eight to one, and now it's down to like seven to four. Bloody hell! So yeah, like if I I put down twenty quid, that pulls off. I'm I'm in profit just based on one bet. Um, Nice. But I mean, like looking at Lenny Abrahamson as well. I mean, like this is the thing. Nobody's talking about how interesting some of these nominees are. Lenny Abrahamson got in over Ridley Scott. Yeah. That's mental. Because I think part of that is because with Ridley Scott, it's just, well, you know, it's Ridley Scott, a really big budget. You know, was it, it's a really good film, but was it the direction that made the film? You could argue there. It's a very well-directed film, but it's a Ridley Scott film. Yeah, of course it's well directed. And people were saying beforehand, it's going to be Scott versus, essentially Scott versus Miller. You take, mm. I mean, you take Scott out, and um, oh, hello. So at this point in the conversation, um, we had to redial and kind of rejig things a bit. So uh, from here on in, I think the the sound, the kind of the sound dips and whatnot get better. Um, it kind of is what it is, I'm afraid, folks. But uh, bear with us, and here's the rest of the conversation. Okay, so, um, Brad, we were kind of moving on. Um, okay, to... I swear there was one more thing I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, was, was just what I said to you before on, on, online. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, Love and Mercy was a better musical biopic than Straight Out of Compton, which should Agreed. tick all the Academy's boxes and was more formally inventive, and that didn't get a screenplay nomination, and no one except Jeff Wells gives a fuck. <laughs> the, yeah. film, the, the films aren't there, and... I was, uh, it's just, yeah, we've kind of covered it, haven't we? But it's all a little bit. I, I can't wait to see what Chris, Rock, how Chris Rock handles this. That's going to be very. Yes, that is very interesting. I mean, if I was him, I'd burn the house down and just think, "Fuck it," you know. I got a feeling he might. Like, yeah, he might. Day, he might rehearse. Like gonna, it's not like they're going to pull him off. Oh, you know? I mean, well, if they did, that would be hilarious. Yeah. 
quite. But if they, I have a feeling that he might rehearse the safe jokes and then just fucking let rip on the show. It'll be funny to see what happens. Have you noticed all those outraged people about the lack of diversity are completely uh, ignoring the fact that uh, Chris Rock's presenting at the Oscars? I know, and he will. I mean, look, two, it's been two bad years. Um, but, the, I mean, Idris Elba didn't get nominated. He's the only one that showed up in Precursor Awards. Yeah, yeah, there is that. So well, he's yeah. the only one that's really surprised. And as I pointed out once upon a time, he was playing a child raping warlord in a Netflix film. Exactly. <laughs> it's not exactly Academy baiting, is it? Really? No. And actually, the film was a little bit dull and repetitive. So it's not like it was. Like, um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, and I like Idris Elba, but Idris Elba does have a. a habit of kind of playing Idris Elba I'm guessing a lot of it at the time he spends leaning in at people tilting his head slightly forward and pointing because he does that an awful lot in his movies does he do that Brad yeah no he does he plays Idris Elba yeah that's it you know there's not a problem that I like Idris Elba what points an awful lot in his movies he points yeah. and leans his head in forward and goes and talks away from people while staring at them. That's just what he does in every movie, whether it's comedy, drama, thriller, action or what. You get the same Idris Elba. Yeah. So, Brad, is George Miller willing best director? I mean, like, it does seem like, I mean, the book he's favourite is still in a read to, but do you think that's just like an uninformed perspective? They've never given... I, I'm, I'm 95% sure they've never given back-to-back Best Director Oscars. They haven't, no. And I can't imagine any reaches where they're going to start for a very, very fucking empty film. Ooh. Empty, you know, eh? Yeah, I don't think... On a, on, on the, and that, that's a weighted ballot, isn't it? Or a preferential ballot. There's enough people... People might think what he did was formally, technically in, impressive, but what George Miller did was more technically impressive and has a film, a good film to back it up. Hmm. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I was saying to um, Mark, I, I put my bets on last week, and I'm already, I'm already being offered to cash out at more than I bet for him. Yeah. Um, and I've got a feeling that's only going to go up as the weeks go on. It was. I put. I, I, only th- put, I think. Uh, sorry, go on. I just think Inaritu won the Globes because they didn't reward him for Birdman. They're playing catch up. That makes sense. Who won? Who won last year then? The Globes. Linklater. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Boyhood. Of course it, yeah, of course and, it is. Uh, I mean, look, the DJ aren't going to give it to Inaritu two years in a row. But yeah. they might give it to Ridley Scott, which would really confuse things. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, if Ridley Scott was nominated, I was picking Ridley Scott to win it, because he was a bigger gold watch thing than George Miller. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, Tom McCarthy, unless, I mean, I still think Spotlight's winning Best Picture, and I think the big short wins before Revenant as well. I put Revenant in third place behind those two. That's interesting. Uh, Big Short's catching the zeitgeist at just the right time, and people yeah. will like it more on a weighted ballot, something like that in Spotlight. Revenant will be a film that will be number one for a lot of people and number eight for a lot of people, I'd imagine. Uh, Spotlight and Big Short are going to be between two and four on most ballots. I'm wondering if Big... Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm wondering if Big Short might be one of those ones where it's nominated for loads and ends up winning nothing. Runs out of steam I think it's bit. when... I think it's winning adapted screenplay, hmm. which will make Adam McKay an Oscar winner, but they're not giving him one for directing. Um, I think it wins adapted screenplay. Revenant wasn't nominated for screenplay, which is also a big, a big gimme, you know. Yeah, um, yeah fair enough. Still, no. I haven't lost you again, have I? Yeah, no, no, no you're back. This is going to be really good fun for you to edit. 
I'm, 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 you should I'm, get an Oscar for best editing for this podcast. I'm wet at the anticipation, <laughs> Brad, I tell you. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, okay, so Sorry, you think... So you think Spotlight's getting best picture? Here's a question. Do you think Spotlight's I getting think anything I think Spotlight else? or Big Short, uh, original screenplay, and I think uh, Big Short's taking adapted screenplay. That's... I just... There's something about Spotlight. I don't know. It just... It doesn't feel... It does, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like there's an, a, like a lot of chatter about it. I've, I've had this underlying feeling that the critics groups were going to love it because it's about journalists. Mm. But there is that thing, every now and then it starts to get worthy status and it's the important film to vote for. Yeah. An original screenplay isn't... It, it's the, I think it's, it, it's the biggest best picture nominee in original screenplay, isn't it? What else is there? Ex Machina, Inside Out, Straight Out of Compton. And what's the other one? Uh, Bridge of Spies. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not a good screenplay by anyone's measure. So, you know, it's a spotlight for best original screenplay, I think. And what, as always, look out for best editing. Although I think this is one of those years where Mad Max wins all the text and then doesn't win best picture. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, um, I, I, okay, here's, okay, here's another question as well. I'm, I'm, Mark, I'm sorry I'm just asking Brad questions. No, that's just, fine. He's kind of, he's got a bit of insider on this, but... Cinematography. Mark, what about cinematography for you, bud? Um, it's, a strong, it's a strong category this year. I think it's down to... Hiya. I'm going to ask Mark again in a sec, just in case yep. Brad, Brad goes. Sorry, Mark. Cinematography. Yep. I'm fascinated by this one this year. What do you think? You're asking Mark? No, you. Before oh, you cut out uh... again. I think Lebetsky wins three years in a row. Yeah, really. Yeah. Is he like as far as you, as far as you know? I mean, is he like well liked as well as being kind of? Yes, admired? he is one of the most beloved men in this industry. Everyone adores him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Then I was kind of wondering whether um, Lackman was going to get it for Carol, just because Carol was going to get like anything yeah. else apart from maybe supporting actress. I think Carol's winning score. Oh, really? Yeah. Over the Mer- Yeah, they don't like the hateful eight, I don't think. I think there's a bit of a no. Tarantino anti Tarantino thing. John Williams, I think, stands I think it's John I think it's John Williams for his uh, you know, plagiarised score of his own work or or Carter Burwell. And Carter Burwell, like the Splat last year, is a very unrewarded composer. Yes. And it's a very memorable theme and you can't deny how much that goes over with the Academy. Look at Brokeback Mountain winning best score for a couple of about five notes. Well, that's true. I'm, I'm, I, I, I mean, I must say, I was very, very pleased to see Sicario in there. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's my that and Steve Jobs are my favourite scores of the year, and it follows, which I know you don't like. I I don't remember the score from it follows. I'm not going to comment on that myself. But no, that's 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 interesting. I mean, like that whole thing with John Williams actually getting in there is a bit and Morricone and Morricone in fairness. Yeah, you have got some Exorcist two and whatnot in, in up and in his scene. score, haven't you? And yeah. the thing outtakes. Yeah, I that's. I, I, has, has anyone really actually questioned that? No, because they're legends. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, they get they get the, they get the obligatory uh, elder statesman pass from the academy. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think, but no, anyway, you were asking about cinematography. I don't see who else. I think Ed Lackman is too reserved. You've got to understand what they vote for is it's the whole academy vote. They don't understand what cinematography is. Mm. They vote for the prettiest, almost visually striking. And 
I'm not diminishing the Revenant cinematography as much as I think the film is a soulless, empty shell of a film. It's Emperor's New Clothes. The whole marketing campaign has been, look how hard it was for us to make this film. Look how technically brilliant we are to kind of disguise the fact that, that oh, look, he's naked. You know, there's nothing there. Um, but you can't fault the technical attributes in that film. And Mark, how about you, man, cinematography? I think the Revenant will probably get it. Uh, Levesque will, will probably get it. Um, just because, like you say, the, there seems to be a... There seems to be very little love for uh, Hateful Eight uh, this year. Uh, I think Mad Max will get the technical ones and will miss out on that particular one out of the yeah. non-sort of big awards. I just think that they'll look at the Revenant and go, "Oh, look, look! It's it's all outside. It's there's, well, it's there's the all natural this technical, light yeah, thing. and it, it's and it that. is gorgeous. A lot of it is how did they do that? Hmm. Uh, and I just think, what else is there? Mad Max. There's a lot of pushback. I know. I'm surprised it actually got the nomination as gorgeous as it is. There's a lot of pushback looking for how 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 heavily graded it is. Yes. And how heavily treated it is. Uh, Carol, I think, is too too small. The Hateful Eight. I mean, they love Robert Richardson, but again, I don't think they like the film and its interiors. And the only thing, I, I just think there are too many gold watch contenders this year with Stallone, DiCaprio, George Miller. That Deacons would sit out again. There's not the pa- he's going to be the gold watch contender one year. Yeah. And it could it, happen. He's, 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 it's a strange one, that one, that, 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 that it got nominated for for cinematography, but missed out on all the other big awards, really. I imagine Sicario, Sicario was not far behind for Benicio Del Toro and yeah. even yeah. Best Picture and Best Director. I think it was probably up there. Came out a little bit too early and was a little bit too cold. I've So many BAFTA voters I've spoken to, and a couple of Academy members, don't get it because they were sold an action film and got this very subversive questionable thrill on American, on American military politics. Mm. That's not what they were sold. And, you know, there's nothing worse than upended expectations for a lot of voters. As what similar happened with uh, The Road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not what they were sold. So they're voting, they're, they're voting on the film they wanted as opposed to a film they got. Yeah, and I, 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 my only upset with Sakara's personal one is my good friend Joe edited it, and I thought the editing was tremendous, and I really want him to get a nomination. Mm. Uh, so, Joe, got, Wa- Joe Walker. Joe Walker, yeah. yeah, he got nominated for Twelve Years a Slave, and he'll get nominated again. He's doing Denis Villeneuve's next one, that, and I think he might even be doing Blade Runner two as well. He'll be fine. Yeah. But um, you know, cinema. I just don't know. I think the only looming threat is Deakins, but I just don't think the passion's there for him or the film this year. No. And The Revenant is, everyone loves Chivo, and it's a tour de force of cinematography. Yeah. But, the oh man, that film. I, I watched it again. I watched it back in November <laughs> and quite liked it. I watched it again last week and was just like, this is not, like The Danish Girl, which is a weird comparison I never thought I'd make. There's nothing below the surface on either of those films. They do not warrant a second viewing. Does Danish Girl warrant a first viewing? Yeah, I think most films warrant a first viewing, uh. for, for, for better or ill. And I think... It's worth it for her performance alone. And, you know, there's some interesting stuff in there. It's a three-star film. I'll yeah. thank you for the segue, because the next thing I wanted to talk about, actress in a supporting role. Um, yeah, hold on one sec. I was going to... You made me think of something then, and it was really cool. It was pressing to something you, else you asked. It'll come back to me. You start waffling, and I'll... I'll... Oh, boy, thank you. Mark, actress in a supporting role, does The Hateful Eight get any love here, do you think? No. Or... Does Steve no. Jobs get any love, or does Vikander no. get some love? It's between Mara and Vikander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Um, I think Vikander will get it. I 
the thing is... That's what I remembered. Hold on. That's what I was going to say before I forget again. Very quickly. <laughs> yes. About The Revenant, the best films about survival are not about how they survive, but why they choose to survive. And it's why The Grey is a much better film than The Revenant. There. That was a thought I had in my head. I'm not going to disagree with no, that. I'm not going to disagree with that either. You know, I really like The Revenant, but I'm not going to I really like The Revenant. Sorry. But, but I... Do you think was putting in? Yeah, so... I, I just... I, I've got... It's the only thing Steve Jobs is going to win, if it is going to win anything at and all. Won't win it. Yeah, so you're, you're that sure Vikander's going to do it, eh? No, I'm not that sure Vikander's going to do it. I just don't think Kate Winslet's going to do it. Okay, well, I think Steve Jobs is going home empty-handed, unfairly. Okay. I think Michael Fassbender gave a better performance than DiCaprio this year. DiCaprio should have won two years ago when he gave a better performance than McConaughey, but they're always a couple of years behind the curve. And they just didn't like the film so much because they were told it was a failure, therefore they perceived it as one. Um, I don't see how Vikander doesn't win it. I just I don't see I don't see how she doesn't. I think she's given she's played a lead role in supporting, which already gives her an unfair advantage. It's a more emphatic role than ruining Mara's in Carol, and she has a lot of love for Ex Machina. So everyone who loved her in Ex Machina will vote for her there and say this we're voting for this is we're giving it to her for Ex Machina, even though it says Danish girl on the ballot. Yeah, I mean speaking of the Ex Machina. Alex Garland getting a nomination for best screen, original screenplay. Is that maybe the most surprising nomination out of like the big ones? No, I was predicting it to get a best picture nomination. After really? That thing. I thought it was going to be this year's District Nine. Okay. It is it, it, beloved. People love it, and that script is fucking brilliant. How it's always constantly shifting loyalties as to who, whose side you're supposed to be on between those three people. Um, but again, she's won what 15 Critics Awards for Ex Machina and one for the Danish Girl. A lot of people are going to give her that Danish Girl vote for Ex Machina, and there'll be a if it was me, I'd be I'd be ticking her for Danish Girl for Testament of Youth, and I'd be ticking her for Man from Uncle. And a lot of things she's done this year, which is mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I just don't know. It's like how I'm surprised Jessica Chastain didn't win for the Help. You know, sometimes you get a Body of Work award, and it says you've arrived. Yes. Uh, like yeah, and I think that's it for her. This is, and she's banging Fastbender. She's it's that perfect spot cross section of she's doing work in critically acclaimed films that are doing well. And she's in the gossip column because she's dating a celebrity, so everyone knows who she is. And this could be the coolest slate of acting winners ever. DiCaprio, Stallone, Brie Larson, and Alicia Vikander. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Although I have that sneaky suspicion that Mark Rylance might upend him. Because I think the Academy is still the Academy, and sometimes they're just going to vote for the, the British Shakespearean thespian and the Spielberg film. I'm just happy that Mark Rylance, the voice of one of my daughter's favourite cartoon characters, is going to be an Oscar winner. It could be. It's, either way, it's still a, even with Mark Rylance, it's the coolest slate of Oscar winners in a long time. Yes, quite. Um, so yeah, but then so and then best, best actor, of course, DiCaprio is winning it. I think Fassbender or Matt Damon deserve it more this year, even though DiCaprio is a perennial deserving nominee. It's a very strong. What is it that this year in that I haven't seen a Danish girl, and I'm, no, I'm not a fan of, of Eddie Redmayne. So I don't know, um, Mike, Michael B. Jordan gave a better performance than Eddie Redmayne. If we're going to pick at hairs, but I think if if you're looking at actors that missed out, there's probably people the Academy were going to recognise before. They don't like young actors. You've got to remember mm-hmm. anyone under the age of thirty. It's really rare. And mm. Michael B. Jordan played a subtle part. You know, they they don't go for subtleties. Hold on, what category? What other categories do you want to talk about? I think we're almost done. Um, 
best documentaries is undeservedly going to go to Amy. I can't believe Listen to Me Marlon wasn't not, not nominated. That really upset me. Um, uh, a- a- actress is Brie Larson, yeah, just done. Yeah, yeah I think Saoirse Ronan, I think Alicia Buchanan is winning supporting actress at the BAFTAs for Ex Machina. I think Saoirse Ronan is winning best actress at the BAFTAs. I think Room goes empty-handed at the BAFTAs and then comes back strong with Brie Larson at the Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Although, to be fair, Brie Larson could win at the BAFTAs because BAFTAs have long since abandoned all hope of recognising British talent. <laughs> yeah, did you want to comment on that at all? Because I know you were um, uh, pretty cheesed off about that again. Well, I just think the British Academy of Film and Television Awards is embarrassing they didn't nominate a single British film for Best Picture. Mm. Uh, you know, they didn't even nominate... I mean, you could argue that, yes, Carol has some film for money in it, but it's not a British film. At all, you know, it's it was it's it's wrong. Always the thing. I mean, I I refuse to believe that the the token working title slot this year. Fucking, I I don't want to say too much because I've worked for them. But you know, it's like Wizard of Oz. I always imagine I want someone to mock up a poster that's Eric Fellner's face projected on a big green curtain with Tim Bevan pulling the ropes behind it, like the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Um, But I refuse to believe the 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 Danish girls. No, fuck it. I, up to you. I, I, I refuse to believe that The Danish Girl, which is a film I think is perfectly fine, is a better example of British cinema than 45 Years or Brooklyn or um, Macbeth. Uh, two of those three films went... No, no, what's the other? There was another one that went completely empty-handed as well. I think, uh, but, you know, Macbeth didn't get a single nomination from the Academy, mm. from the British Academy. Yeah for its technical craft or best, you know, what a f- crock of shit. Even yeah. if you didn't like the film, you, you recognise its craft. There was another one. I'm not sure. It's not Brooklyn because that got nominations. It's not 45 years. But there's another... Sig- oh, um... Fuck. There's another... Is The Lobster. There's another great <laughs> British film that should have been nominated. At least in screenplay. You know, these are all films. When you look at The Biffa, The, uh, the Biffa nominees for Best Picture, it was Amy, Brooklyn, Ex Machina... The Lobster, Macbeth, and 45 Years. And at least three of them got shut out completely, and only one of them figured into Best British Film at the BAFTAs. Yeah, that's... God, when you it like that, that's fucking retarded. Maybe two of them, but two out of six is not good. Yeah. Maybe the... I don't think The Lobster's got... I haven't got it in front of me, so... But either way, I remember being quite appalled. The last time the BAFTAs threw an idiosyncratic nomination to a British performer in a film that was never going to get an Oscar nomination was Andy Serkis in Sex, Drugs and Rock and Roll. You know, that was a long time ago. That was a very long time ago, yeah. That was, what, five years ago? Mm. And it's just, it's just, it's all become a bit silly. And, but yeah, they're still BAFTA. They nominate Julie Waters for sitting there, reading a couple of funny lines at a dinner table in Brooklyn. That was fucking baffling. I tweeted about that's that not a performance. No, no, that's... that's a, I don't know. The guy who plays that, Mrs. That Brown that could have done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, anyway, well, I'm trying to think if there's any other categories. Animated film is clearly Inside, inside out. out. But Sean the Sheep's in there. I'm happy. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, and then uh, documentary. Best original song's a crock of shit because Furious yeah. 7 wasn't nominated. <laughs> um, that, that's fair. To be fair, yeah. You know, yeah. considering what that meant for that film... And, like, everything around and it, was a it. Massive that, that hit this song year was well. pretty spot on. You, you're telling me that the Lady Gaga song from that documentary I watched that's really overrated was used better in context than See You Again in Furious 7, which is how these things are supposed to be voted on. 
and that fucking Sam Smith song from Spectre. Ah, well, that, 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 is, that is the most criminal thing about the Oscars this year, is there's a strong chance that Sam Smith is going to have an Academy Award. No, I, I, I believe, I, th- I think... I think if they truly vote on the performance and in context, as much as I didn't like the film, Simple Song Number Three from Youth should have it in the bag, mm. and it will be a big virtuoso performance as well. You know, it's it's. Uh, bear in mind, it has to be voted for by people who actually watch the films mm. or watch the clips. Um, but yeah, the Furious Seven thing was a bit outrageous. Score we've been over since editing. I think obviously that's key as to what wins Best Picture. But again, I think Mad Max could be a lurking spoiler there. Yeah. Um, Visual effects, do you think it's the one that Star Wars gets? No, that's the Revenant, I think. Yeah, okay. They always vote... Visual effects and makeup are two categories where look for the film that's nominated for Best Picture or look for the worthy film because they don't like to vote for the other thing. I mean, there's a chance Star Wars could get it, but I think it's the Revenant in, in makeup. Well, I, I think no, I think Mad Max... No, Mad Max could get both of these. Bear in mind, there's a lot of special effects people in the visual effects branch of the Academy, and they're all going to vote for Mad Max, every single one of them, because their craft is underrepresented in, in cinema. Mm. Uh, which also, Star Wars has to do its thing as well, but not to the extent of Mad Max, which was like, this is all practical. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, I, and I think... I think if we're going to pick the film with more than five nominations that goes home empty-handed award, I think that's going to go to The Martian. Yeah, sure. Because uh, any technical category it's in, it's going to lose to The Revenant or Mad Max. Again, though, it's a looming threat for adapted screenplay against The Big Short. I think it's between those two. Really? Okay, that's you know, interesting. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a brilliant script. You know, it's so funny and witty. I mean, it's not a comedy film, but it is funny. You know, and it's witty. It's compassionate. It's blockbuster writing at its finest. I think that's fair, yeah. So, again, always look for the best picture nominees in those categories, which is why I think it comes down to that and the big short. Hmm. Uh, I swear we're missing like a really big category, but maybe not. No, we've done score. We've done song, uh, done visual effects, done all the acting, done picture, done best it. director, visual effects, uh, visual effects already said. Um, I don't know, makeup and hairstyling. Could the 100 year old man who came down a mountain win? Oh no, he climbed out a window, didn't he? He didn't come down. Which is an incredible feat of makeup. Doesn't surprise me that was nominated at all once I realised it was on the short list. Yeah. But anyway, what? I don't know. I think that basically my thing is yes, there's a controversy that, that needs to be thingy, but overall, it's a surprisingly decent slate of nominees, and a lot of the winners are actually quite obvious when you think about it, or down to a couple of deserving winners. I don't think there's going to be many things that would really upset too many people if the presumed favourite didn't win because the ones in second place are still great. Yeah, yeah. it's a very good year. They've done. I think they've done well, personally. I agree, to be uh, fair. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go because I'm just arriving. Uh, I'm sorry it was a bit bitty, but at least we got there. Nah, dude, there was like at least a solid half hour of stuff there. Don't worry. Nice one. Thanks, Brad. Thank you very much, Brad. All right. Speak to you in a bit. Bye. 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 Bye.